Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, they need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be the official partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Eagles fans? Welcome into this Monday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you, one of two co-hosts on LOE, alongside my guy Gino Camilleri. We're going to get into the Eagles' 38-29 to loss yesterday in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. The Birds dropped to 1-3-1. and on the season, but first let's bring in Gino. Gino, what's up, brother? Uh, you know, not a obviously you in a, in a close situation like that, you'd love to pull off the upset. Um, it's a frustrating loss that we'll get into specifically on the defensive side of the football. But a day later, I'm not feeling like devastated about this, especially with all the injuries and the situation in the division. But uh, it is a game that I thought went very differently than what I expected all throughout the week. We use the term "time is a flat circle" a lot on this podcast, and I, I felt yesterday because how we're I kind to. of yeah, I know, I know, it's funny. It's just it literally the how things coincide with each other year after year is just crazy. But going back to to my original point, I I was feeling the same way after this game or going into the game rather right. that I was in 2016 when they had played him in Wentz's rookie year and saying that if you could play with a good Pittsburgh team, you potentially could make a little noise in the league, you know, because they consistently put out good passing offenses and your test for your defense is against good passing offenses because look at the teams that have won the Super Bowl the past Mm -hmm. couple years. It's been the team that can best throw the football. Including us. (laughs) Yeah, including us in 2017. And you look at what your offense did, I think they kept pace with one of the better offenses in the league. But defensively, man, that was a rough performance. It was a classic Jim Schwartz game, man. A classic (laughs) Jim Schwartz game. Classic game where they just failed to adjust. They just Mm -hmm. continued to do the same things over and over again. Not being held accountable. Doug Peterson in both of his press conferences refused to even hold the defense accountable. Yep. Although he did he did say some things about the penalties, which I think is right on because 90% of the penalties were on the defense, which is just another thing that goes to this unit that is just completely unaccountable for their actions right now. And I'd say there's maybe six or seven people playing up to their standard on that defense and the rest of the, the and most guys of them are up front right i mean on the Absolutely. probably all on the defensive line i, w- I was thinking about that yesterday i was thinking rodney mcleod is playing the best ball yep. i think i've ever McLeod seen and slay right and mcleod the and slay in the back yep and then everybody on the defensive line yep. i think fletcher cox yesterday probably played his best game pressure wise mm-hmm. That we've seen all year. He was taking on doubles with ease. I think Javon Hargrave was getting in the mix a little bit. The edges were there all day. Mm. And the thing is, you have like a a star player at the back end in Slay and like a near star player in McLeod. But everything in the middle of that front four and those two guys is just complete hogwash right now. It just complete... 
a no man's land, really, just of things you shouldn't be doing in terms of personnel, in terms of scheme, with players that simply don't fit this modern NFL right now. Yeah, that's a great way to set the stage, and because this was the defense's fault. I mean, when we headed into this week talking about this matchup, looking at how the Eagles were going to be able to win this football game, uh, it was going to be because of the defense. It, you know, you had to, you knew the Eagles were more than beat up on offense. Yesterday, the only three starters, expected starters heading into the 2020 season, there was only three out there. Carson Wentz, Jason Kelsey, Miles Sanders, or I'm sorry, four. Uh, Zach Ertz as well, but you wouldn't really know it because it doesn't look like Zach Ertz is interested in playing football at all uh, in 2020. But I digress. Um, Gino, when we went in, it was like, okay, yeah, you got to win this football game. You know, 17-30. You got to win it like last week, right? Where Carson Wentz makes a bunch of plays and elevates all mm-hmm. the backups out there, and then your defense makes plays. Your defensive line, you force turnovers, um, and it was the complete opposite. The defense let down an offense that had, again, it was Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders, Jason Kelsey, and Zach Ertz, and everybody else out there were backups, and yet this offense fought their asses off. Travis Fulgham, 10 catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown. Carson Wentz probably has his most accurate day on all three levels, if you ask me. He finished uh, 258 yards and two touchdowns. He had two picks, but I don't think either were his fault. You get a 74-yard touchdown from Miles Sanders. The Eagles' offense answered three Steelers' touchdown drives with a touchdown of their own. When you get that kind of performance out of all of those backups on the road against that Steelers' defense and your defense allows 38 points, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable, Gino. It's extremely frustrating because if you told me on Saturday, hey, the Eagles are going to get 29 points tomorrow from their offense, I was going to say you win that football game. And the fact that this defense just, it's the same thing over and over again. And I feel bad for our listeners because we have to continue to hold this unit accountable because the team's not going to. Gino, it's a chain reaction. Doug Peterson's not holding Jim Schwartz accountable. Jim Schwartz isn't holding Nate Geary accountable. Jalen Mills, he's doing the same things over and over again that hurt this football team. And we have to keep talking about it on the podcast. And yesterday, it cost them a win because that offense, I thought, did more than enough to win that football game considering what they had to deal with. I mean, you're not going to score 20. How many times are you going to score 29 points against maybe the best defense in football with eight back, or I should say seven backups of 11 players on a unit? I mean, <laughs> the defense, I, I'm so frustrated with them right now because you should have won that football game. Well, Lou, that number 29 is very important because that's the number of points this defense has allowed on average through five weeks. Right. In today's NFL, I understand that passing offenses do succeed. You see these high score scoring games yesterday mm-hmm. between the Raiders and the Chiefs out in that division. I mean, you don't have to score 30 points in today's NFL to win games. And right. to ask your quarterback who is down four offensive linemen, he's down three of his top receivers, and hasn't been himself in the last couple weeks, Carson answered all my questions. Oh, yeah, me too. If you still are looking at this team and say Carson Wentz is the issue, you're you're just being completely knuckleheaded. Because let me read something for you, Lou. The the offense converted 10 of 14 third downs, which any day of the office for third down conversions, that's great. And again, for context against that defense is incredible. (laughs) Absolutely. One of the top rushing defenses in the league. They couldn't get positive yards on first, but yet they were going to convert on the money downs. And third and Wentz, if you listen to these (laughs) things that I am going to say, is more evident than ever. Remember, they converted on 10. All right. right. Let's see how many Wentz was directly correlated with. The first one, Wentz on third down, he converts 
that one scramble to Fulham, which ended up being yep. the roughing the passer penalty, which was picturesque 2017 Wentz, escaping yeah. the pocket, extending the play, why you want him to hold on to the football, converting a third down. The next play, third and four, converts to Ertz for six yards. Third and 17, a 20-yard dart to Travis Fulham, which was one of the top uh, least likely completed balls on the week. It had less than a 30% chance to be completed. Converts that. Uh, the next one, third and 10, he goes to JJ for 37 yards. Doesn't even matter because uh, John Hightower made a boneheaded play, but still puts the team in scoring position. It's third and 12 again, Fulham for 31 yards. Third and eight, Fulham for 18 yards. Third and goal, touchdown to Fulham. And third and one, the QB sneak from Carson yeah. Wentz. So if you read that, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the 10 third down conversions, Wentz was directly correlated with. And we didn't put them, I mean, I, I'm saying we as in Doug Peterson didn't put yep. them in a good position early on. I mean, look at how many of those were third and plus, and they went out there and converted anyway without three of your top downfield weapons with your offensive line that is going against one of the best pass rushing units. And, and it's four once or five again, backups, I mean. <laughs> you were in Get that game here. because of Carson Wentz. Yep. If you don't have Carson Wentz in that game, even though he threw that interception that was definitely Zach Ertz's fault. If he finishes his route, that's at least an incomplete pass. Oh, yeah, he gave up on the play. Yeah. He definitely gave up on the play, and the the other one was just, I mean, it was a punt. It was like they had to in that time. It's fourth and 20. Nothing you can do about that. Carson Wentz went out there and played his absolute ass off. Miles Mm -hmm. Sanders went out there and did the same exact thing. I think all the offensive linemen did a great job. Jordan Maialata, outside of that Bud Dupree rush, was very good on the day. I think the guards played very well. I think Jason Kelsey played very well. Jack Driscoll, even when he had to come in in snaps for Lane Johnson, played well. But the defense, man, even when you have star performers, it just goes to show you that this isn't the NBA. This isn't the LeBron James League where mm-hmm. one star player makes a defense. If right. you only have six or seven of the gears going at once, it's going to stop the whole machine. And the Pittsburgh Steelers with a rookie Chase Claypool, are going to go out there and scheme up four touchdowns that after the first one, you probably should have adjusted your defense. After number two, you probably should have made an adjustment. That'd be too after much to ask. number three, <laughs> that, you probably should have made an even bigger adjustment. And number four, to put Nate Geary on oh him and to man coverage. No, Lou, it, it is not even, it's not even egregious. It is outright just... It doesn't even make it's a fireable offense. Sense. It's, an, it, it, it's a yes, fireable it, I would offense. Say it is negligence. I would say yeah. it is a completely negligent act to put him in that position because a guy who has three touchdowns on the day should be guarded by Darius Slay, who right. unfortunately was out at that time because of the injury. But don't you think if you have to put a top five corner on a player that you should at least put him in bracket coverage? But no, because they couldn't even run the quarters defense correctly because Nate Geary doesn't even understand how to get lined up correctly. And the fact that he is still wearing the green sticker on his helmet is a complete disaster for this defense. And say what you want about Carson Wentz, what he did in the first couple weeks in terms of interceptions and losing them the game. I will say Nate Geary right now is directly responsible for three losses for this team. And if you go back and look at the film, you will 100% agree with me. Gino, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting... And how many times have we said it on this show, Lou? That same (laughs) exact quote, and we're still doing the same thing. I know, and it's like year four of this, and that's the worst part. How does Peterson not walk up to the microphone and say you know what my offense with all the chips stack against them 
they played their role, but the defense, Jim Schwartz, I don't think he did anything. The defense anything has been getting a pass for years, man, and it's over the same things, and that's why Jim Schwartz doesn't hold Nate Geary and Jalen Mills and those guys accountable in his own scheme is because he isn't held in check himself because he's kind of the head coach of the defense, and I don't know if Doug Peterson feels like he'd be overstepping even though he's the head coach or whatever, but his explanation today as to why... Nate Geary was on Chase Claypool and saying they didn't want to burn a timeout. All this garbage is just unbelievable. This kid, this kid has three touchdowns on you, and it's basically the play of the game, like the game's on the line, and you have Nate Geary on him, and just watching Geary try to cover that was unbelievable. I mean, he literally, I could have covered that better. He just stood there, moved to the side so Claypool could get a free release. I just, I'm so, t- look, I mean, and then you see Sean Bradley making plays in the red zone, and mm-hmm. Davian Taylor, your third-round pick, still can't get on the field. Again, you're just not holding guys accountable, and until they hold Jim Schwartz accountable, we're going to have to talk about the same issues over and over again. I mean, this offense, I'm very happy with the result. Outside of Zach Ertz not caring about playing football right now, I loved what I saw from this offense, the fight. I mean, Gino, they were down 31-14 to at one point, and they cut it to a two-point deficit. Mm-hmm. It was at one point 31-29, to because Carson Wentz put this team on his back, and so did Travis Fulgham, of all people, and he should have had an even better performance. Like you mentioned, John Hightower made a couple boneheaded plays on that final drive in the first half where he didn't get out of bounds on one reception. And then Wentz, I think his most beautiful pass of the year on uh, the back of the end zone just goes right through Hightower's hands. So hopefully the rookie will, you know, get that together and uh, improve in that area. But it was a great showing from the offense and the defense just severely let down uh, this football team. And me and Gino will continue to get into the defense because we, we got to hold them accountable because the Eagles aren't going to do it themselves so we'll continue to get into that the Eagles fall in their Sunday matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers 38 to 29 they're now 1-3 and 1 in the season half a game out of first place in the NFC least Louis DiBiase Gino Camilleri this is the Lockdown Eagles podcast and guys it's sponsored today by Visa Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities whether there are corner stores coffee spots or favorite shops local businesses have always been there for us they remember our orders they call us by name always giving back making a difference and going that extra mile to support us and our community and right now more than ever they need our support so it's time for us to return the favor the next time you go shopping make the choice to shop local and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters visa everywhere you want to be the official partner of the nfl Today's podcast is also sponsored by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. 18 awesome flavors. Uh, the 12 original. You got six new ones, guys. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. It's a healthy alternative to your everyday snack. 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories in every bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's right, 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into segment two of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, this Monday edition of the show. Four to six episodes a week being downloaded into your phone when you subscribe on any podcast platform. You can also check out me and Gino on LockdownEagles.com where we post every episode as well and some written content here and there. So uh, LockdownEagles.com, if you're a desktop podcast listener, you can also check us out on the .com. The Eagles fall on Sunday to the Steelers 38-29. to and uh, Gino, outside of Zach Ertz, I mean, I don't really want to blame John Hightower had a pretty brutal performance, but uh, outside of that, look, you know, for <laughs> a team that had to have four 
backups on the offensive line of five against maybe the best defensive line of football. Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward and John Hightower as your wide receivers. I mean, the fact that you put up 29 points, you answered three touchdown drives with a touchdown of your own. You cut a lead of 31 to 14 down to 31 to 29. Um, you had every opportunity to win this game because of the offense. It, it, this is all on the defense, and we kind of talked about it. We started talking about it in segment one. But, you know, it's literally all the same issues. With It's not like different things with the defense each time, right? It's the same things that me and you have been talking about since we started this podcast together um, at the end of the 2017 season. It's this team, the coverage, the situational coverage schemes don't make any sense at all. The soft shells, the, the soft zone coverage on third and four, just giving up free yards and just having no backbone, just being soft. Um continuing to not be able to adjust, especially on, you know, like pre-snap motion, any sort of misdirection, this team completely fails. I mean, how many times did that wide receiver end around to Ray Ray McLeod or Chase Claypool work? It's uh, the complete lack of accountability by Jim Schwartz for guys like Nate Geary, who continue to be the worst football player on the earth, who's still playing basically every snap for this defense. It's the same no, thing. No, he played over every snap. And Luke. over again. He played Did he every, play every he snap? Didn't play, he didn't basically play every snap. He played the most defensive snaps that's out of incredible. any player on the football team. I didn't even and realize that, he played every snap. That's uh, that's infuriating. And that's the point, man. It's, it's the same crap. That's the point. But we have to talk about it because the team, you heard it in the press conferences today, they're not talking about it. They're not. And, and frankly, I really do feel bad for a lot of those defensive players because I think Josh Sweat is playing the best ball we've seen in a oh, while. Yeah, the same with incredible. Same with Rodney McLeod. I think yeah. he's really stepped up to filling into that Malcolm Jenkins role, which people had questions with. Arguably right now, Lou, he's a more versatile piece because he can go all the way back, play mm-hmm. center field. He could come down. His his tackling in the alley has been unbelievable. He saves you he, with so many open field tackles. I mean, he saves I wish a you lot could clone him plays. and put him at linebacker and add like yeah. 20 pounds on him because he's able to key and diagnose very well. I mean, when you're grading him out, he's just looked exceptional in my eyes. I think the interior has done their job. I mean, you're finally seeing them. They're at the top of the sack list. Finally, because they're getting some coverage behind them. But, Lou, just imagine if they had somebody in the middle. Like, even moving Kavon Wallace to that position on coverage imagine down. if you had Will Parks healthy right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think the Will Parks injury is a yeah. very big one that's going to change the entire outlook of this defense mm-hmm. once he comes back healthy. And I even said it to you yesterday, Lou. Uh, I think... Even putting Avante Maddox at safety for some snaps might yeah. be a, a move that you want to look at because arguably uh, Jalen Mills he di- he was responsible for that one play yesterday. But if you go back and look at it, he had outside leverage, and the person who was resp- I forgot who it was I think it was Marcus Epps completely mm-hmm. turned his inside leverage to outside leverage and just gave up the middle of the field. And 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 that's another thing like you're playing guys like Marcus Epps over Kevon <laughs> Wallace, who's a much better player. You're playing guys like Nate Geary over Sean Bradley, who he was only on the play, uh, the the field for less than ten snaps, if I'm not mistaken, and, and he showed plays. up. Yeah, he two saved two touchdowns. Plays. I mean, they Absolutely. ended up being scores anyway. But yeah, Bradley was out there and he made a positive impact. And that's the thing, Lou. I mean, like if you ever watch uh, Bar Rescue, mm-hmm. um, you know uh, John Taffer when they yeah. he has that like quote like drinks per minute. You got to make sure your bartender can get so many drinks per minute out there, and like 
these guys aren't getting the drinks per minute, dude. Like they're not doing the job the right way. Like they're not mixing it up the right way and they're just not processing it the right way. And like you're so – they're like two or three plays behind processing a lot of these guys. They're, I mean like you said it. How many times can you run the same play before you figure out that it's a it's an end around and like right. I mean like you would kick these guys off the line if they were a bartender by now like you got to yeah. send them to the back <laughs> like they're they're not and if you be don't somebody else will anymore. and if, exactly. if you don't the the top dogs in the company are going to hold you accountable if you don't hold your employees sure. accountable and sure. it just doesn't seem like it seems I mean look the owner. And the GM, they held Mike Groh accountable this year and Carson Walsh because Doug Peterson. I don't know if it's Doug Peterson, but Jim hey, Schwartz, Aaron Moorhead, it's a shout pass, out. Man. I think he's done a great job getting yeah. these wide receivers ready to play. And I'm infuriated too, Gino. It's not just the defensive performance and the same issues that we have to talk about. And I just, I hate the scheme in general, really. I just, even when they play it well, it's just not my kind of style mm-hmm. of defense. Um, just personal preference. But I've it's been also begging for them to run quarters, and yeah. they can't even get set up right. Like they don't and, even and, understand basic leverage. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And, and I'm frustrated too, Gino, because I'm looking around the league, and. I'm seeing how bad Nate Geary is, and Duke Riley really doesn't do much, and I'm seeing LJ Fort thrive in Baltimore, and I'm seeing your boy Sidney Jones make huge plays uh, on Sunday in Jacksonville, and I'm seeing Razul Douglas uh, being ranked number one alongside Jalen Ramsey in PFF numbers, and I'm just seeing all these other defensive players thrive that Jim Schwartz didn't want to give an opportunity to um, thrive in his defense, didn't want to mold his scheme around probably better talent, uh, and you see... What are the Eagles' defensive issues right now, personnel-wise? It's linebacker, where they could have used LJ Fort. Not that that was Schwartz's doing. You know, Howie Roseman, I'm sure, wanted that comp pick, and but they brought in Orlando Skandrick to do, you know, to uh, to compensate for that roster spot. And I'm seeing Jim Schwartz did not want to give Sidney Jones opportunities a lot, and Razul Douglas. And you know, I, I didn't think Jalen Mills had a terrible game, but it was the same you know, inefficiencies and liabilities mm-hmm. that Mills has as part of his game that hurt this football team again. And I'm saying, man, they could really use a lot of those players that Jim Schwartz just basically said, it's my way or the highway to. And that's just, I'm, 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 at, I'm at my wit's end. I, I'm not even, I'm over the, the breaking point here with Schwartz. I think me and you were ready to move on last year. And honestly, if maybe even the year before, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, honestly, I think I've, I've lost faith. Removed. Yeah. I think after they won the Super Bowl, I've kind of, been pretty much done and so the fact that we have to continue this is just very frustrating today's lockdown eagles is sponsored by roman it can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction usually we brush it off or blame ourselves but roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame with roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed all from the comfort and privacy of your home a healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping the whole process is straightforward simple and discreet getting started is simple just go to getroman.com slash Locked on and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about. Now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to getroman.com slash locked on to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two day shipping. Again, that's getroman.com slash locked on for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. Getroman.com slash locked on. Yeah, I, uh, wherever your stance is on on evolution it doesn't really matter because if you look at like dinosaurs for example like Mm -hmm. why did they die out because they didn't adapt sure yeah why did the wishbone offense die off because it's it it never adapted the running game never adapted (laughs) the wildcat it just never adapted right 
Why is Jim Short still a defensive quarter in the NFL if he can't adapt? And that's the one question that really drives me insane because we've talked about it. They've done the same thing over and over again. And Carolina 2018, Tennessee 2018, probably that Miami game last year. Cincinnati, I think they should have had some stops this year. The Washington game, even though they had bad field position, should have had some stops this year. Mm -hmm. You have now allowed Dwayne Haskins to beat you. You have now allowed a rookie Joe Burrow to tie you. I'm not putting all of the onus completely on the defense here, but I'm not putting as much onus on the offense as a lot of people think because Carson Wentz, with a lot of chips and a lot of like chinks in the armor kind of taken away and a lot of their weapons in their arsenal are not even on the battlefield. Jim Schwartz has his full catalog to play with. Yeah. He's just not getting the right formula. He's not, not mixing forget, up dude. the drinks correctly. I mean, he he yeah, has right. I think he has the right players. You said I think there's a question with personnel. I think the personnel has been there. I think they have the personnel to succeed. Get Sean Bradley on the field. Even get Davion Taylor on the field. If he doesn't understand, at least you have his athleticism. Yeah, it's got to. He's got to be able to make more impact plays than Nate Geary. There's no excuse. You can't say like Davion Taylor's not ready. Travis Fulham is a perfect example. JJ has not been doing anything. They Mm -hmm. said, okay, JJ, we'll give you one or two snaps. You go out there. Yeah, he made a play finally. But you know who else made ten plays? (laughs) Travis Fulham. Right. Dude, why can't a guy like Sean Bradley who goes out there and on 50% of his snaps is around the football? Is yeah, you, making can't, it. you can't use an experience as an excuse. Douglas in Carolina right now, Lou, when yeah. he had arguably some of the biggest interceptions in the last three years. Yep. Sidney Jones saved the Philadelphia Eagles team. If people <laughs> don't want to remember that because revisionist history is everything to people, you forgot that he saved you in that New York Giants game last year. But here you are playing Jalen Mills on a guy who can once again run a 4-4, who has been the same exact defender at cornerback for the same four or five years now. Yep. Yes, he had a better game yesterday, but you're still doing the same mistakes exactly. that you've done over and over again. You're not doing what Doug Peterson has with his offense, allowing the young guys to go and play. As much as you want to take onus on Doug Peterson and say he's responsible for holding people accountable, he definitely has held himself accountable in the last couple of weeks, and he's put out the playmakers. Yeah, as, and dude, he as, should be mad. He should be yeah, mad. Absolutely. Look at the I, offense. Look at what Carson and Doug just did with that personnel. How many mm-hmm. play coaches and quarterbacks can actually do that? Maybe a couple. I can I can count as many on one hand. I if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm infuriated with Jim Schwartz, especially this week. It wasn't just this week, Gino. They almost let C.J. Beathard win that football game for the Niners last week with their soft garbage coverage at the end of football games. If and then Jim Schwartz has the gall to go onto the podium and say that Nate Geary hasn't been the problem and that it's other people's fault. He says that to our faces. I'd be pissed off if I'm Doug Peterson. Yeah, behind closed doors, if I was Doug, I would have a very, very stern conversation with Jim Schwartz. Absolutely. I mean, even, I mean, Dave Phipps' unit on the return side of things, I think he has to figure some things out there. I'm glad Doug Peterson mentioned that in that press conference today as well because that has definitely hurt them, put them in some bad field position. But what has been the one unit, Lou, that has overcome all of this adversity? How many times has this defense won you a game this year? Oh, I forgot. You only won one game, and you (laughs) barely won it because your defense allowed them to come back into the game. And I don't want to hear the offense is the issue 
I just can't. I can't continue to. You do can't that say that when literally they have seven of eleven players being backups. You you can't. You can't. And how many how many people are hurt on the defense, Lou? How many of those guys are not Jim, uh, Jim Schwartz guys? Right. They're outside all of Jim Avante Schwartz Maddox. Guys. Yeah. I mean, outside of Maddox and Parks, this is the defense they constructed. This is the gym defense that Jim Schwartz constructed, Lou. Yep. People have to realize that he is in charge of personnel. They mm-hmm. give him all power and personnel on the defensive side of the ball. And if it were me, if it were Jeffrey Lurie, I'd say, Howie, you make the decisions from now on on that defense. Because I said it to you, Lou. I've said it multiple times. I think the cornerback unit had enough guys in that building to be efficient. I think the linebacker unit... Had LJ Fort there at one time. Yes, maybe the comp pick came into play, but they had players there. They've gotten players at the defensive front. They've gotten players at the defensive backfield. The players have been there, but like Doug Peterson said today, are the coaches putting them in the right position to succeed? And if you're going to look me in the eye and tell me that putting Nate Geary in man coverage I can't get with over the that. game on the line <laughs> on Chase Claypool, who has already scored three touchdowns on the game, it's negligence. It I was yelling to the heavens before that snap. I, I can't I believe they I saw that. I couldn't believe they had the audacity to line him up there. Who, and then Doug and says today that... Spending, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. You don't then, think he's yeah, going to realize they course. have a linebacker on your best wide receiver? And they don't use the timeout. They said they wanted to save it. Save it for what? That was the game. Next week. Oh, I forgot they don't transfer over. And yeah. I forgot that punting <laughs> on with seven seconds left in the game Ugh. and allowing your kicker to go out there a few weeks later and kick a ball that is only four yards less, who clearly has the leg. Mm-hmm. It's it just complete insanity to me, Lou. And it, like I said multiple times on this show, this team is very analytic centric. They're very good at understanding the numbers. But to a point, they're now in this area of just you can't fool me twice. You can't look at me and say, yes, we are an analytic-based organization, but allow somebody who is as poor in coverage as Nate Geary is Mm -hmm. or is just downright bad as Zach Ertz has been this year and continue to warrant snaps. I mean, you want – people want Doug or Carson Wentz bench for all that matter. I think there are probably three or four other individuals on this team – that should be set on the bench over Carson Wentz. And I don't even think Carson's in the top 15. Oh, he's been incredible the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm not yeah. even close. I mean, his, he's been his awesome. His the last two weeks have been great. I mean, yeah. Lou, according to Next Gen Stats, his average yards to the sticks was 3.7. That's mm-hmm. absurd. That is way better than anybody else over Russell Wilson, who is at 2.2 the next closest. Yeah. His aggressiveness, Lou, I literally audibly gasped when I read this number. His aggressiveness percentage, as low as it's been the last couple weeks, it was 37.1, which is 11 points higher than, guess who, Nick Foles. You wanted Nick Foles? I want Carson Wentz because, Lou, everything we have said and echoed about Carson Wentz and what he brings to you and that when he's on the field, you don't care if he holds onto the ball because he makes plays. He did that yesterday to Travis Fulham. He Mm -hmm. went out there and, when it mattered with the QB sneaks, went out there and scored. He gave the ball to Miles Sanders. I think that check at the line to understand – that they were blitzing on third down there and handed off against that blitz was a fantastic It was amazing. Put on the other side of the ball when the chips are – I mean, right now Jim Schwartz is the leader in chips, you know? Like he has everything. He's the the leader in chips at the table, but yet he's throwing sucky hands in there. He's going all in. He's he's putting up big big numbers with 2-7 in his hand, you know? No, (laughs) he's got pocket aces, and he's just folding. You know, yep. he has everything he needs. What more does he need? 
And the I one mean, thing he doesn't have at linebacker is their own doing because I guarantee you, Gino, as you said, because Schwartz has a lot of say in personnel. Like people like to blame Howie, and I think he's he plays a part of it, uh, part of it, I'm sure, and and you know not doing a lot at linebacker. But Jim Schwartz's love for Nate Geary played a huge role in this team not feeling the need to go out and pay a linebacker, not to draft one highly, mm-hmm. and not even like Gino, just something as small as I know he wasn't really that good last year, but as something as small as not bringing back Nigel Bradham, not, not doing something like that, or bringing back Camus Grugier-Hill. I would Jim love Schwartz. to have Camus. Camus yes, had a me game too, man. yesterday. Yes, man. he did. That's another guy that it was frustrating watching him thrive somewhere else. And Jim Schwartz's love for Nate Geary played a huge role in that. And these people can hide behind the defensive numbers until they're blue in the face. Because, yes, the Eagles' defensive numbers, when you look at the stats, they don't look terrible. It doesn't matter in the, the same situations, the same issues that hurt you on that side of the football continue to. So you can hide behind the numbers all you want, but numbers don't always give you context if you're not looking deeper into them. If you're just reading the numbers and that's it, well, then it doesn't tell you the whole story. It's a part of the story. Like you said, Darius Slay killing it. Rodney McLeod killing it. This defensive line dominating. It doesn't tell the whole story. And yesterday... All of those issues, all of the issues that me and you have had with this defense, with this defensive coordinator for years now, that was the reason. It was the only mm-hmm. reason, really, you lost that football game yesterday. Five straight possessions they scored on. Yeah. How, how do you not get one stop? I mean, and your offense keeps answering. That's the, I mean, normally, Gino, like. They had uh, momentum. They had yes. all the momentum in that game going into halftime. They needed one big stop out of their defense. If, if that's not inspiring. To, to when you come out of the locker room and you just have let them walk all over you on yeah, the first drive. How do you not drive? watch that offense and want to... F- I mean, the fact that this defense played like that, I would be so embarrassed because the offense, mm-hmm. in their situation to do what they did yesterday, is still, I, I can't get over how... Imp- I'm so impressed with the offense. Oh, absolutely. I, I think Doug Peterson, schematically, game plan-wise... Hell of a game. One of, it, one of his best games. He still yeah. had, had a couple of these plays where he starts behind the offense... I mean... Starts behind the line of scrimmage yeah, I know. <laughs> between the 30s and 40s, and it just frightens me every time because I know it's not going to work, and it usually doesn't. But I thought how he used Jalen Hurts, once again, super effective. Say what you want about the pick. I yeah, mean, it was creative as hell. I it, love that play was, call. I, I think that was great, and I think you continue to get him in there and continue to have all, uh, defenses play 11-on-11. 11 11. It'll only allow for Wentz to have even more success. And I think getting Wentz's legs involved again, I love these option plays, these quarterback keepers that we've seen a few times mm-hmm. where he just has to read the will linebacker and take it. He's been very good there. Some of these throws, Lou, I mean... Oh, it, the Greg Ward the, touchdown, the John Hightower dropped pass. Here are the numbers on it, the probability oh percentage of, of these th- four throws. So the one to JJ at the end of the first half, there oh, was, a that was a beautiful one too. Beautiful yeah. and beautiful catch by JJ. Everybody yep. can say what yes, you want, yes. but it was beautiful. If <laughs> John up, Hightower, if John Hightower goes out of bounds, we probably kick a field goal there with yeah. that timeout. Um, the one to Travis Fulham on third and seventeen oh, had a twenty-eight point seven percent chance. One of the cleanest throws and catch I've ever seen in Carson Wentz's tenure. The throw to Greg Ward in the end zone, a 34.4% chance. And then the 18-yarder to Travis Fulham later on in the game had a 33.9% chance. So you're having your offense go out there and just play above the percentages. I mean, you you're literally have less than a 50-50 odds at some of these plays, and they're going out there and making plays when they need to. The right. defense, man. 
yeah, they had one turnover. I think that was a lucky turnover by the old letter of the law. It's not even a turnover. Man, you can't jump off as off sides as many times as you did. I think outside of the Darius Slay penalty, all the penalties were just bad and just not holding people accountable, man. Like that's yep. what it comes down to. Jumping off sides. Just not timing the snap right. It, that just goes down to the fundamentals of football. Tackling. The missed tackles are still egregious. How many times did this team have a guy taken down in the backfield and yep. he just allows him to scamper on for four or right five off. more yards? Yep, and I'm with you, man. <laughs> these times when they're in third and nine and you jump off sides, now it's third and four, then they convert. Doug said they allowed him to get five more first downs just off of penalties alone. That's inexcusable. Yeah. Doug, and they were terrible unit, on third down, man. They were so bad on third down oh, yesterday. I, I think he, they converted 11 out of 14, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And that's just downright terrible. Yeah, there was and a point where they were, I know, 7 of 9, and it just kept going. Mm-hmm. It kept getting worse. I don't, I don't think Ben made the plays that Carson made. I no, just think, not even close. <laughs> I just think the defense didn't make the plays that they should have Yeah, made. and Gino and Big Ben didn't have to because the, what, uh, the Eagles defense just gave him free yardage. And so that's, it was just, that's the, it, the fundamentals part. of understanding leverage, understanding yeah. zone assignments, saying sound of your gap, holding edge contain. I mean, there were there were individual performances that were good, but it doesn't matter. Like I said, Lou, this isn't the NBA where Anthony Davis could go out there and play at an MVP level, but they right. still give it to LeBron James, who is also playing at an MVP level and can win you a championship. Mm-hmm. That's because if that was the case, the Carson NFL. Wentz would be doing it for us, man. I mean, because Wentz is doing that, and you're right. It's, yeah. it's it's cliche, but this is the ultimate team sport. And so you can have the defensive line playing as well as they are and Darius Slay and Ronnie McLeod. But yeah, it takes everybody. And that's what's frustrating is it feels too... I, I'm frustrated watching that Eagles offense. They have to fight and scratch and claw for every single yard they get. And then I got to watch the defense and I got to watch how easy it is for offenses to move the ball on us. And it's just... It's infuriating. <laughs> yeah, you see, I, I think it's you can definitely learn from self-scouting. And we talk about Doug Peterson always saying that word. And Pittsburgh, man, they're literally not even four hours away from you. Just look at how they've built their defenses. It's sound, gap sound, strong tackling. They get home to the quarterback. They cover well on the back end. They're very fundamentally sound. There's a reason that they're the top in the league. And there's a reason the Eagles are middling right now and that you're 1-3-1. And, and there's a reason why Pittsburgh hasn't lost the game. I'll put the personnel between the Eagles' defense and Pittsburgh's defense pound for pound. I, I think oh, yeah. they're very close. But the coaching is definitely the difference to me. That was because the gap, man. Yep. It, it, it definitely is because you have an organization that has just thrived on defense for so long in Pittsburgh, the Steel Curtain, how many times they've revitalized that defense and they go out and draft Devin Bush and give up a first-round pick to get him and draft T.J. Watt and all these rushers. The Eagles are doing the same exact thing. But what's the difference, Lou? Fundamentals. Yeah. What? Yep. Where do fundamentals come from? Who holds people accountable when it comes to fundamentals? The coaching staff. And by the and way, who's man. not doing that right now? Jim yeah. Schwartz. And it by the really... way, dude, that 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 offense too. I mean, they just develop receiver. Look, I was wrong about Chase Claypool. I mean, every single Steelers receiver they bring in, it seems like it always works. <laughs> I told you, I want to pay the guy that evaluates their yeah whoever receivers is, at the just, draft a billion dollars. Give him a blank check and say, just 
come to Philly, man, and just run Absolutely. that position. Because but hey, like I said earlier, I think you really do have to give credit to Aaron Moorhead. I think oh, these sure. rookie yeah. receivers, as unpolished as a lot of them were, I think John Hightower, a positive that you could take away from him the last three weeks is that he's been averaging over two and a half yards of separation in every single game that he's played. Same with Greg Ward. These guys are finally getting open, and you can mm-hmm. see that. It's now just developing that chemistry with Carson Wentz, who on the fly has been doing a good job. The defensive line has been playing together for how long? This linebacking core has been together for how long? These guys in the secondary, a majority have been there for quite some time. Yep. You can't look at both of these units and say they're similar. It's apples to oranges. And that's the frustrating part, Gino, is like the offense always gets the blame, and they're always going to because Doug Peterson's the head coach. He's an Mm -hmm. offensive-minded play caller. You've got Carson Wentz. You're in the city of Philadelphia. It's a bloodbath at quarterback. That's just the way it is, and it's the way it's going to be. But that's why me and you have been harder on the defense over the past three years because we see these – outside factors like injuries that the offense just can't control and that mm-hmm. limits them. And the defense, they they haven't really su- – they've suffered injuries too, for sure, and especially in the secondary the past couple of years. But the defense has had the consistency. They've had the same – they've had the stability in the same players year after year. There aren't as many moving parts on that unit. And that's why you have to be harsher on them because they, they shouldn't be the ones we have to keep saying – the same things about for sure and, and that's the thing like we're commenting on these same players man like yeah you can be hard on rookie john hightower all you want but he's not even what six games into his nfl right. and career he's a now round draft pick <laughs> exactly <laughs> you can't I mean, blame if you're gonna blame john hightower for that game i mean what the hell <laughs> yeah you're out of your mind you're oh yeah. travis fulham should have had what, another yeah, what, 250 like, yards instead? And then yeah, this kid exactly. comes off waivers from Old Dominion and puts up the third best, or maybe the most impressive, no, I would say like, yeah, Deshaun last year, Alshon against the Rams mm-hmm. in 2018. Outside of those two, the last time I can see a performance like Fulgham yesterday was, what, Jeremy Macklin in 2014? Definitely. I mean, when is this team going to say and hold people accountable like they do for the offense? but on the defensive side of the ball, because like you said, Lou, it's been just a mishmash of different people. Nate Geary's been in that defense for how long now? Yeah, you know, exactly. Jalen Mills has been in that defense for how long? For now? five years now. <laughs> and the, and I mean, that's holy the thing. Crap. When it's broke, you have to fix it. And we're still sitting here. We have literally been sitting, staring at this same dish that Jim Schwartz threw at a wall four years ago and said, yeah, this is broken. And now this dish just has mold all over it from the food that we never cleaned up. Nobody even tried to put this plate back together. We're just saying here, why why isn't thing why aren't things working? Because it's broken. And yeah. the person responsible for breaking it is a hundred percent the coach now. Yeah, Luke. when the food I mean, keeps tasting like garbage and it's the same chef, you gotta think chef. maybe yeah. it's the chef, bro. <laughs> I mean, we, these are all different example, these are all different dishes, man. <laughs> perfect example. You go out, you fire your defensive backs coach, you fire your wide receivers coach. Right. I would say your defensive backs and your wide receivers this year have definitely been coached up better. Yeah. You can see it by their on-field play. I think their fundamentals have been fine. Before Avante went out, I thought he was playing some decently good ball. Darius Slay, 100%. You have to put a little bit of that on Marquand Manual. I think when you see bad play from Slay, it's because of Jim Schwartz's alignment. Aligning a cover man corner 10 yards off. It doesn't make any sense. Right, and having him head for the hills, and then so obviously everything in front of him is a free play. Absolutely, and then you look at the wide receivers, Lou. You have just 
guy after guy after guy after guy after guy, much like Stoutland on the offensive side of the ball, and Moorhead has done a good job getting his guys ready to play. But when you have to put – the general has to put the soldiers on the battlefield sometime, Lou, and right now he is doing – I would say Jim Schwartz is the Jon Snow of schemes when it comes to generating a good defense. Right now he is just taking his hordes of soldiers and throwing them into bad positions – much like the soldiers on D-Day, and just not even putting them in a position to succeed. You're killing and, with the analogies today, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to because it, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make they sense even talking about it literally right now because we've mentioned it so many times. Because and like in, they were, they utterly refuse even with Darius Slay now in the mix, they refuse to jam at the. And I know, like in in bunch sets, it, it, you can't always do it, but. Like there's oh, third and fours where you're playing a bunch set to save their life, right? To save their uh, life. Yeah, like how I was, I knew instantly that Chase Claypool. I think it was maybe the second touchdown of the third one, where it's the bunch set on the two yard line on the left side of, of the of the field, and over there is Alex Singleton and Nate Geary and Jalen Mills. I'm like, they're mm-hmm. what they're scoring. I, I was laughing to myself instantly. Like they're going to score. And you so- know what's funny about that, Lou? <laughs> is that the the match quarters book that I, I talk about all the time and yeah. understanding and quarters. It's it's quarter of the field, and you usually have three guys in coverage on each side of the field. You mentioned you have those three guys over there. The one quote in the book says, if you kick out to three, you can run quarters coverage. It is literally to the point where these guys can't even count to three. They can't understand just pattern matching. Like one guy comes off the line, defend that pattern. Like another guy comes off the line, defend that pattern. They're just they're losing guys. They're not getting lined up right. A lot of the time, it's just breakdowns in coverage. The Eagles had to. The Eagles' offense had to beat Pittsburgh's defense yesterday. Pittsburgh right. offense didn't have to beat the Eagles' defense. Eagles did it to themselves. And dude, like, what do we have to do to get shot themselves? To, in the foot? What do we got to do? Even like when they have man coverage up at the line of scrimmage, why do they hate jamming these receivers? Why can't you get your hands? Like, why is it just this like shadow? You know, you're shadowing them at the line, but if you don't give them any contact they're still getting a free release and they still can manipulate you that way it, they used to do it too with anybody like yeah you can do that with more athletic corners like Darius Slay that can flip their hips quick and you know they can have a fast change of direction but they would do the same thing with a lengthy corner but stiffer like Razul Douglas last year and he would get destroyed I just it's the same stuff I, I'm so sick of talking about it but on third and three you just give them five yards of cushion mm-hmm. and say, here, move the chains on us. We don't I got, care. I got one more analogy for you. Yeah, shoot. And, and this is another good sports one. It's in soccer, right? Mm-hmm. When a team is down one or two goals late at the game, right? And yeah. the, the better team, who's probably up three to one or two to one at that point, is sitting back, right? And yeah. they're just allowing that team to come in, take a shot, take a shot, get a header, take a shot, take a shot, get a header. It's only a matter of time before they hit on one. And that's the thing when the Eagles are playing off coverage and when the Eagles are playing 15 yards to the sticks. When a lot of the variables in front of you don't have to go wrong, a lot of things can go right for the offense. Because what are the variables when you're playing 15 yards back? You're not getting hit until yard 11 or 12. But like you said, even on those third and 15, get a hand on them. One yard off the ball, a variable is changing. Five yards off the ball, you bracket them. You don't even let them get to that position. And you allowed them, much like in soccer, much like my Manchester City Citizens won the league a couple (laughs) years ago in in the 95th minute, allowed to get another chance and another chance and another chance. And much like San Francisco did last week, you almost allowed that team back in the game. But when you're behind and you're still doing that and you're still playing soft 
and you're allowing these guys to go out there and just you're getting beat by not even playing good enough defense and not even playing sound defense, you're not going to win many football games in that matter. And what is the root cause of that all? It's the personnel and the individual, the field general, responsible for putting them there. As much as Jim Schwartz does to get them in the – or Doug – Howie Roseman does to get them in the building, Mm -hmm. there is still the individual responsible in Jim Schwartz for putting them on the field. So it all comes down to that. We got stock up, stock down coming up tomorrow right here on Lockdown Eagles. So we're going to get into the defense again, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't going away as long as Jim Schwartz is here. And so a lot of stock up, though. We will be <laughs> yes. positive. Yeah. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Look, as as negative as we have been about the defense, again, I feel really good. I, as much as there's not really moral victories in the NFL, that kind of felt like one yesterday with the way the offense played and. Um, look, it doesn't get easier though. Next week you got Baltimore. Um, but the Eagles are still only a half a game out and there was a lot to like on the offensive side of the football yesterday and on the defensive line. So we'll get into stock up. We'll have plenty of stock up like Gino said tomorrow, but we'll continue to talk about the defense and the stock down because as long as the organization themselves don't hold this unit accountable, we're going to have to continue to do that on the podcast. And you can listen to every podcast we do four to six episodes a week. If you subscribe to lockdown Eagles on any podcast, platform uh, if you want to listen to them as well on your computer on the desktop you can also check them out on lockdowneagles.com for gino camilleri i'm lou dibiase signing off as always thank you for downloading thank you for listening and let's go birds fly eagles fly